This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanks St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Verse, just the 13th verse of Romans 15. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that verse, that's an awesome verse. I love that verse. That's a great one to underline in your Bible. Right there, it's awesome. Uh, and I just want to talk this morning about having, a, having a, an expectant heart. I think it's so vital that we, we know we have, have an expectant heart. Uh, most of you know now we've got a, uh, an eldest daughter is having a baby. Uh, August, the September time. Uh, and often the, the term you use, what, what's the term we use when our ladies? We say she's expecting is that right? She's, she's expecting. In other words, we're looking forward to a happening. You're looking forward to a happening. There's, there's an expectance, someone who's expectant. And that's a kind of great definition. In fact, the word hope, you know what the word hope means? He's the God of all hope, and he says that we should be filled with hope. And the word hope means expectation of something good not yet happened. Let me love that. Something good not yet happened. That's what hope means. And actually, the only thing that kind of limits God in our life, really, is is the level of our expectation. I think one of the reasons that often as believers that we can become very stagnant is that where we lose our expectancy, when we lose our expectancy level, when we don't believe anything's going to change, when we feel we've gone as far as we can with the challenges, when we've got issues that we kind of, we've had so long, we kind of live with issues. We, we live with things in life because we've lost our expectancy that those issues, those problems, those difficulties can never really change. And, we, and, as we, and, and there's almost a hopelessness about those things in our life. And we've lost the ability to really believe that those things can ever change. And because of that, we kind of live with things that we shouldn't really live with. We live with various issues, problems, things that we kind of struggle with in life. And we live with them. And we kind of put up with them, if you like. Because we don't believe those things are ever going to change. Because we no longer expect anything will ever change in those situations, so we kind of just live with it. How many are glad he's the God of all hope? And David said, he says, you know what? He says, I wait on God. I will expect my God to come and move in those situations. Let's look at Psalm 42, verse 5. God says, I want you to abound with hope, with expectation of good to come. Here's an interesting psalm, Psalm 42. I just want to kind of lay a foundation of this. But Psalm 42, verse 5, for the weeks to come, says, Why are you 
Cast down my soul. Anybody said that? Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. If you look at that psalm, we're told that is the psalm, the psalm of the sons of Korah. I like that name, Korah. Maybe if I was to have another son, I'd call him Korah. I like that name. I love the name Korah. Something about that name. And this, these sons of Korah, if you like, were, were a musical band of praise-hearty men. And when they wrote this psalm, they were going through a hard time. They were facing difficulties. They were facing problems. were not told what the problems was, but they were going through a real tough time. And this is what they said. Why is my heart disquieted within me? Notice what they were doing. They were asking themselves a question, why am I like I am? Why am I so downcast? Why am I so full of disappointment? Why am I so discouraged? And what they're saying is really, if all that is true, God, so why do you feel that way? In other words, why should I put up with that? Why am I living in that kind of condition? They're saying, I'm not going to go through my life with this attitude, don't get your hopes up because you're going to be disappointed. You know, it's true. The reason why we have no expectation is because so often we're afraid of being disappointed. And because we're afraid of disappointed, of being disappointed, we begin to live with no expectation. And so they say this, why are you downcast? Which means, why are you sinking down into hope, into despair? That word disquieting there means to be in a place of eternal rage or unresolved offence. In other words, they've suppressed their frustration. It's a picture of a, of a boy, really. Can you think of a boy? I'm on the sea, the boy. Where, when you kind of push that thing down and the thing just pushes back up again. And often when we try to push things down, they have to have a nasty habit of resurfacing in our lives. Is that true? It also means to be in constant complaint. You know what happens? Whenever you lose expectation, you live your life in constant complaints. You complain about everything because you've got no expectation in your heart. And expectation in your heart means that the result of that is that you live with complaints. That's what the word means, constant complaint. And so what the, cons- what the sons of Korah were saying, I'm no longer going to live like this. I'm no longer going to live my life being held down. I'm no longer going to live my life being continually complaining. I'm no longer going to live my life with that sinking down feeling. I'm going to live my life with expectancy. I'm going to believe that, that God can turn these things around. I'm going to, he says, he says we, why are you disquiet? He says, therefore, hope in God. And that means to be confident and have Joyful expectation of fulfilment. And what they were saying was that even though we don't see any changes, God, I know you're faithful to your word. 
You will not allow your word to return to you void, to accomplish what you've said. Isn't that awesome? They're saying, why so are you just going, hope in God and I will yet praise him. Now, I kind of like that phrase there, the word praise there, because everybody knows there's different Hebrew words for praise. Everybody realise that. And the Hebrew word here for praise is the word yada. And that word yada, I was going to give an illustration, but I forgot it. I was, I was going to bring a tennis ball, because it means to, I'm just going to throw it at somebody, but I was a bit concerned in case I actually hit somebody or whatever, but it actually means to, to kind of throw. And this picture, it's a picture of a word where, where they say that, that, that God, I'm going, to, I'm going to lift my hands up, I'm going to throw my hands up, I'm going to thrust my hands up as a prophetic sign into the heavenly realm. In other words, there's a refusal to settle for an earthly perspective. It says, I'm going to thrust my hands as a sign that I'm going to, I'm going to press into the heavenly atmosphere. Polly was talking about the ability to press on and to press through. And I'd encourage you, if you've been prayful this morning, just keep pressing through. Have that ability to press through. And this is a picture. Yet I will praise you. I will keep praising you until I see a breakthrough. I will acknowledge, I acknowledge this thing's bigger than me, but God, I acknowledge it's not bigger than you. I like to call this expecting the extraordinary. Which means... Above the ordinary. Extraordinary means the common order. Common course of things. Remarkable, uncommon, rare. It means, God, I have expectancy of the extraordinary. Look at Psalm 50, uh, sorry, Isaiah 55, verse 8. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Actually, I didn't notice this, but you know it says that for the help of his countenance. You ever thought about that? You know what the psalmist was saying right there? He was saying, actually, my hope... This, by the way, this isn't even Isaiah yet. This is that verse there. But the help of... You know, the word countenance means the presence of God. In other words, my expectation is in God. It's not in people. It's not in circumstances. Because my hope's in, in, in your countenance, then I've got incredible reasons to praise you. Now look at Isaiah. Isaiah 55, verse 8. Isaiah 55, verse 8. This is a verse that we all, I guarantee everybody kind of is aware of this verse or knows this verse. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than yours. I think if we get a hold of that verse, it's going to stop us being disappointed. You know that? Because it says that, it says that my ways, in other words, that our ways and his ways, how many realise our ways and his ways are not the same? How many realise that? How many are aware of that? It says... And the, the ways refer to something that is done and the result obtained. And when it says your ways are higher, it means your ways are, are far more advanced than mine. Your thoughts are far more than mine and your ways are far more advanced than mine. I love what the message says. It says, as the sky soars, as the sky soars above the earth, 
So the way I work, says the Lord, surpasses the way I work. In other words, it's God saying, I've got no limitations. How do you believe that? God says, I've got no limitations. Here's the danger. We can often put God in a box. And this is why we lose expectation, because the way God worked before does not mean that's the way God's going to work again, the same way. And we often tend to see God work in a certain way, and then we must box him and think he's got to work the same way as he did before. Mary was praying about, you know, everything about Jesus when he healed people? He, did, he never healed anyone the same way, is that true? He would, sometimes he'd touch them. Other times he would speak the word. Here's one, I'm sure we'd all love this one. Sometimes he'd spit. And we love that one. He would, he would never, he, he would heal in different ways. Because people could never put him into a box. And here's the danger. Because we see God move in a certain way, we expect he's going to do it the same way all the time. And we, we box him in. And because he doesn't do it the way that we expect him to do it, we get discouraged. We can't box God in. Because listen what he says. He says, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. We can't restrict God to how he's going to work in our situation. I think Tim shared this with a few people last week, the, the guy who spoke last week, Tim. And I, he was sharing that amazing story. They were praying for God to provide them with a house. I mean, that's an amazing... They just were believing, praying for God to provide a house for them. And months before, without him knowing, she'd actually uh, entered a competition, a baking competition. And so they phoned, they phoned him and says, by the way, you've won the baking competition. And he thought, well, you know, I've won a knife or, you know, or, I've won a, or I've won a sort of, I don't know, uh, a baking tray or something. He said, no, no, you've won first prize. £50,000. First prize, which was actually the money they needed to get the house. Can you say amen? How many would have expected it to come that way? Now, you might think, I'm going to enter a competition now, and all you're going to win is a baking tray. All you're going to win is a knife. Because God, just because God works that way in somebody else's life, it doesn't mean he's going to do it the same for you. And if we think God's going to, you know, every time we enter a competition, we're going to win, we're going to get what? Disappointed. Because that expectancy is in the competition rather than in God. I love Peter. He had a tax issue. How many have ever had a tax issue? Is that right, Chris? A tax problem. And so he says, Jesus, how are we going to pay the tax? And so Jesus said something. How many would have ever thought of this? Go fishing. And the first fish you catch, the money in that mouth of, the, of that fish is going to pay all your taxes. I love that. How many love that one? You know what? You'd go out fishing right now. And all you'd do was catch a lot of mackerel. <laughs> because that is not necessarily the way God is going to supply your need. What I'm saying this morning is that the important thing is that we never rely on anything else other than God. If we try to rely on people to do it, people are going to miss it. They're going to fail it. We can't... If we trust in other things, then we end up feeling disappointed. And so Isaiah said, my expectation, God's ways are not your ways. He works in ways that you'd be amazed. And we, we don't want to limit God. We don't want to restrict God. We just want to trust God because 
What we need to have is, is to have unexpected, to, be, to have an anticipation in the unexpected. Haven't you found that? That God often does it in a way you never thought he'd do that. Wow, you know, I never thought that happened that way. I never thought he'd do it to that person. He often chooses the most unlikeliest people as well. Haven't you found that? And so, we don't want to... Expectations means that we don't depend on a certain way. I love this. Have you heard the story of Nainam? I find that story hilarious. That's just hilarious. He's a, he's a captain in the Syrian army. And his servant says, why don't you go to Elijah? He has an incredible ministry. And he says, yeah, okay, I've, I've got leprosy, so what have I got to lose? So he, he takes all his chariots, he takes all, you know, all the pomp, all the ceremony, and he's got the, he expects this amazing thing is going to happen. When he gets to Elijah's house, Elijah doesn't even answer the door. He sends his servant and he says, by the way, just go in the River Jordan, dip seven times and you'll be healed. And he's going, I didn't expect it to happen that way. I expected he'd come out, you know, and the fire of God will fall upon me and amazing things will happen. I'm disappointed because it never worked or happened the way I thought it would. That's what he says. You read the story in 2 Kings 5. He says, I, was so, I expected he'd at least come himself. He'd lay his hands on me. He'd speak some amazing prophetic word and I'd be well. But all he tells me is go to the River Jordan and wash seven times. Thankfully, he obeyed the word of the prophet after some persuasion. What I'm saying is this. Often God works in ways that often is totally unexpected. He speaks in ways that, that, that does amazing things. You see, our point is that we don't, we don't have to understand the way he does it. Our part is to believe it. Our part is to believe he can do it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and what? And lean not to your own understanding. See, that's a command. It's not just a command, it's a promise. It's this sense that the whole of your being, not try to reason it out, not try to work it out, not try to sort out how he's going to do it. You just trust in the Lord. How he does it isn't your problem, is that true? How he works it isn't your problem. Your part is just to believe and just to trust that he's going to do it. Can you say amen? Look at Psalm 131. Psalm 131. He says, surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Oh Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. You know, when a nursing child's kind of hungry, you all know, is that true? (laughs) You know it. Here it talks about a child that is being weaned. Here's a picture. The child's had its feed. Quiet. And all that child wants now is to be held. Is to be hugged. Is to relax in her mother's presence. And really that's what I'm talking about this morning. That we've done all that we can. We've prayed. We've believed the word. 
And now trust is you're just resting in God. You don't know how he's going to do it. You're, going to, you're not sure how he's going to work it out. You're not sure how, how things are going to happen. You're just resting in God. And saying, God, I'm expecting you to work. I don't know how you can do it. I don't know how you can change this situation. But my expectancy and my hope is in you. Lord, I believe you. Do you know there's a difference between expectancy and expectation? Expectancy says, God, I trust you to fulfill everything you've promised. Expectation says, Lord, this is the way I want you to do it, by the way. This is how you're going to do it. This is how you're going to work it. This is the time scale you're going to do it in. And that's expectation. Expectancy says, God, I trust you. I trust that you are going to do it. And often the reason why God doesn't do it the way we expect him to do it is because he's got something far better planned. Something far greater. Something far more wonderful that he will do. If only our expectancy would be in him. Really what he's saying is, don't limit me. The children of Israel were told they limited the God of Israel. Because they, expect, because they had an expectation in the way he was going to do it. They boxed him in. But God says, break out your box and put your expectancy in me and me alone. Can you say amen? I want you to turn to Psalm, look at Psalm 43, verse 19. I put this down actually. Expectation puts a demand put a demand on God, expectancy, put our trust in him. Isaiah 43, verse 19. Again, probably a familiar scripture to us, but it's good to remind of these verses. Isaiah 43, verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and, a, and rivers in the desert. In other words, it says, don't look, don't dwell in the past. That speaks of don't dwell, don't look at the way I used to do things. Behold, I'm doing a new thing, I'm going to do it in a new way, a way that you've not expected me to do it before. You know what I found? This is an incredible key. What you dwell on ultimately means what you dwell in. Think about it. If I dwell on worry, guess what I'm going to dwell in for the rest of the week? Be true, worry. If I dwell on anxiety, guess what I'm going to dwell in? Anxiety. If I dwell in past hurts and past offences, if I dwell on that, that means that's what I begin to live in. So what you dwell on means you end up living in it. Is that true? So what I want to do, I want to dwell on the God of new things. Because I, as I dwell on the God of new things, that means God will do new things because that's what I'm dwelling on. If I'm dwelling on that, that means nothing is impossible. It could work in a million ways. That's what I'm dwelling on. Rather than past things, past ways he did it. And he says, he says, behold, it's going to spring forth. That's a picture of something that's been sown into the ground 
And after a certain level of time, it springs forth. You know, a bamboo, here's some interesting facts. A bamboo, when it's so, when, the, when a bamboo is under the ground, the roots are growing under the ground for five years, nothing happens. But under the ground, miles and miles of shoots are sh- shooting forth. After five years, when that bamboo shoots forth, it grows two and a half feet a day. That's growth, isn't it? But the point was, the thing was there. And suddenly it just explodes, it springs forth, it just comes right out. Sometimes, during this time we're we're praying, sometimes we don't see any change. How many have ever felt that? Nothing seems to change, nothing seems to move, everything seems the same. But right underneath, God is working. He's working in ways that you don't know. He's moving on people's lives that you're not even aware of. He's changing things you're not even aware he's changing. And suddenly, for, 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 for a certain time, nothing ever seems to be happening. But suddenly, it will spring forth. If you keep your expectation, and you don't... Remember, expectation is based on not what you see. It's based on what you know. I know that God is for me. I know that God is a healer. I know that God has the ability to do it. It's not based on what you see. It's based on what you know. Faith begins when the will of God is what? No. And it says, I will make a road in the wilderness. That wilderness where we've, we've, we've believed for things and they just didn't happen. The wilderness of disappointment. The wilderness of discouragement. The wilderness of hopelessness. He says, in the midst of that, I will do a new thing. The place where you experience rejection and disappointment that left you in a wilderness, I'm going to move in that very situation. A road will be established. In other words, for a road to be established, all the debris has to be removed. And God begins to remove from our hearts unhealed disappointments so that we can learn to hope again. He says, I will bring rivers in the desert. How many love that? The most devastated places. I pour rivers of water on places where the dream died. I'm going to pour water on the places of shame. The places where you found hard to forgive yourselves. Where you've harboured painful offences. The places where you've struggled to let go of disappointment. I'm going to pour rivers in those places. You know, it's an impossibility for a river to flow in a desert. That's what God says. I'm going to restore the capacity for you to believe again. I'm going to begin to do an amazing new things in the places you never thought would happen. Can you say amen? Let me bring one last verse. Again in Isaiah 40. Verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord, how many love that one, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. I love that one. Uh, They shall walk and not faint. Let me give you 
the Amplified Version which says that. But those who wait for the Lord, and here's the Amplified Version, who expect, look for, and hope in him. So true waiting of the Lord is not something passive. It's waiting with expectancy. I've prayed, I've received the promise, I believe the word, now God, I'm looking for your goodness. I'm expecting that need to be met. I'm expecting that loved one to be saved. I'm expecting that situation to be turned around. I have, an, I have a, a good anticipation that something good is going to happen. It's going to happen. It may not happen the way I expect it to, but I believe I have an expectancy that something good is about to break forth, is about to happen. And you begin to allow your talk to get in line with what's going to happen. You act like it's going to happen. David said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. How many think that's a pretty confident statement? How many think that's, that's, that's an expectancy that he believes that even the messes he makes, that God's goodness and mercy is going to clear it up? Isn't that wonderful? He said, I've got an expectancy. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I know. And I know, God, that you're going to move on my behalf. I know that you're my believer. I believe, I only believe in the suddenness of God. You know, there can be ages and months and months where it's like that, nothing happens. And suddenly in a moment, everything changes. Just in one second, one moment, a suddenly of God can visit your situation, a moment of God, a Kairos moment of God can come and suddenly everything's changed in a moment. And we expect a suddenly of God. The Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you become discouraged, you lose your joy and your peace. And you live in disturbance. You live in fear. You become passive. Because we believe what I call the never lie. That will never change. That will never happen. That will never work. And we begin to believe the never lie. But I think when you live with expectancy, the most powerful force begins to work in the impossible. You know, the book of James talks about this. It says, as the promise, as the, far, as the farmer waits for its crops. You know what a farmer does? I think. Not that I am one, but what a farmer does, he sows, his, he sows the seed, you know what? And he expects the thing to grow. Is that true? It may be months. But he's done all he can. He's sown the seed, and he's so expecting, he prepares his tractors. He empties his barns. He makes deals with buyers because he knows there's going to come a time that the seed has been sown and now he's going to see something come out of that. He has an expectancy. And that's what James says. As a farmer waits for his crops, then we need to be confident in the promises of God. And that means that we make our faith seen. I had a lovely story. I think it's so beautiful. There was a drought in a certain country. And all the churches gathered together to pray against the drought. Some came with great placards of Bible verses. Others came with various symbols because they were believing God for the rain. 
But the person who really had the expectancy was a little girl who came with a green umbrella. <laughs> Isn't that true? Because faith sometimes has to be seen. You know, when Levi, I remember before Levi came, do you think, do you think we kind of waited, or Caris waited, I say we, Caris waited and Steph, until, you know, three weeks after the baby had been born? No, weeks, months before, cots had been, born, had been born, clothes, all kinds of stuff had been prepared, ready for that great thing to happen. They were prepared for what was about to happen. Isn't that true? I'm sad to say that Angie bought, well, I'm glad to say she did, she bought a, a baby grove, a Birmingham City baby grove for Amy's, Amy's, uh, Amy and Mario's little boy. So that's awesome. That, that, was, a, that was anointed, that thing. I think that baby's going to be so favoured and so blessed. It's amazing. <laughs> But the point is, let's prepare for things. You know, if, you've got a, if you're believing there's an expectancy heart, you're going to have some career change, then begin to prepare and maybe you study for that. If you're expecting in your heart, you've got a loved one that you believe is going to be saved, why don't you buy a Bible? Do something prepared for what's going to happen. Begin to thank God for what the answer is going to be when it comes. Amen. I remember years and years ago, we... Our car kind of, as always, sort of stopped working. Cutley went. I'm not going to tell you the real reason what happened, but all I can say to you, the car was not unable to be driven. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, actually, I, I, closed, I, 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 closed, I, think I closed the boot, didn't I? And, and, and the bicycle at the back, the thing turned around and the whole window just exploded. And the car was totally a river write-off, really. So, but I knew God was going to provide... I just knew God was going to provide another one. I just knew that I knew that I knew that God was going to provide another one. So what I did, we went to dealerships and we began to look at the cars. The cars we were going to get, even though we never had a penny, we, got, we went to look at cars because we, we knew we were going to get a car. I began to act and talk like we already had the car. So people, people wouldn't even know. I didn't even tell anyone the need that we had. So I just acted like we had, the, we had a car already. We talked about it, we lived like we already had a car, even when we didn't. I just lost a lot of weight those weeks. Uh, <laughs> So I made sure I visited, I did everything I needed to do, even without a car, because I knew we were going to get one. You know, I think it was maybe four or five weeks in time, without telling anyone, we had somebody put an envelope through our door with the money that we needed to buy the car. Just put it through the door. And I realised there, there is power in expectation. You'd be, you'd be amazed what God could do if we would just wait with expectation. Jesus says when you pray, what did he say? Did he say you receive, then you believe? He says, first of all, believe, and when you act like it's true, you shall receive. That's the way the kingdom works. How many would think it would be so lovely if we could see it, then believe it? That's not the way the kingdom operates. The kingdom always operates by believing before you receive. Isn't that awesome? That's the way the kingdom operates. Expectation. Saying, God, whatever I'm facing right now, I expect that you are going to... I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm expecting a change. I'm expecting a miracle. I'm expecting you to move in a way I never dreamed possible it could ever happen. Let's just stand, shall we? So much more I could say, Brian. Time is gone.
You know, I was going to say this morning, I've got time to go into it, but I think there's something, there's some powerful by being around Jesus. When you're around Jesus, you can't help but have expectancy. It's impossible to be in Jesus' presence and not to have an expectancy. Because guess what? He's got incredible expectancy of you. He can see all the potential that you have and he's got a great expectancy of your life. So if he can have an expectancy over us, how much more should we have an expectancy for him? That's what it's based on. It's based on really of knowing Jesus and knowing what he's capable of. And when you know what he's capable of, you always live with a sense of expectancy. Lord, we just come before you today. We, we wait upon the Lord. And Lord, we don't wait in a, in a kind of passive, hopeless way, Lord. Lord, we wait with expectancy this morning. Lord, I pray for every circumstance here this morning. I pray for every challenge. I pray for every single thing that will confront your people this morning. And Lord, we believe that today you are the God of miracles. We believe that nothing is impossible for those that believe. We believe, God, today that there is nothing you cannot change and nothing you cannot do. And our expectancy doesn't lie in us. It doesn't lie in our own ability. It doesn't lie in our own power. But, Lord, our expectancy comes from you. We lift our eyes to the hills because that's where our help comes from. That's where the power comes from. That's where our ability comes from. And we thank you, God, you said that nothing will be impossible for those that believe. So I pray this morning, God, that you would cause an amazing expectancy to rise in every life. Lord, we remove those hindrances. We remove the lies of the enemy. We remove those things today that would be barriers and walls to you moving in your power, O oh God. And Lord, today we say we believe. We believe today in the God of miracles. We believe that nothing is impossible for those who trust and believe in you. For we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceelam.co.uk.